Football Fridays are presented by Mountainland Supply, where the pros go for plumbing, landscaping, irrigation, agricultural irrigation, HVAC parts, tools, and safety equipment. Find a location near you at mountainland.com. All right, we got a lot of reaction rolling in to BYU beating Utah. Huge. Best win in the independent era. Roderick and Sataki know the Whittingham playbook too well. Jessica says that. Is that the deal? They know I Kyle think inside that, and out? I, I'm, yes, they do. Yeah, I agree on that. But, I but think, is that the difference? I don't think it's the difference. I think it's the, about themselves. They knew, they knew him two years ago and they didn't win. I just think that, going back to what I said as I was thinking about this all day yesterday and what we're going to talk about, that it's the maturity of the program. And it's, it, it's from top to bottom. It, it takes a while to build a program. It just does, man. And you you look at uh, Pete Carroll. Utes were beating Pete Carroll in the Vegas Bowl. Year one. Yeah. Year two, it took off. Right. And you need... You Kyle need a, took off year three. You need a while to build a program, to build everything the way you want it. And at BYU, it's going to take longer with yep. kids coming and going on missions, obviously. It's a so, two-year delay in the recruiting pipeline. Yeah. If not three, because they may redshirt and whatnot, you can't expect them to, depending on when they come home, right. to jump right out there. And I've never been on a mission. You guys can speak to that much better than I could. You know, about being an athlete. And you're very athletic, so I'm sure you came back and bounced back very quickly. Stop. I'm talking to Yach. Yeah, but you said plural. So Yach is, no longer, Yach is no longer two people. Yach has dropped the LBs. <laughs> I don't think he was ever two people. Yach is <laughs> fine. Yach sure, is, he looks fine. But he was at no point was he ever two people. I don't think he was that big. I didn't. If he was, I missed it. <laughs> Yach, how much weight have you lost? Uh, as of last week, forty five. Okay, pounds. great. Had a kid. But way to go, Yach. Unless he weighs three hundred now, he was never two people. You looked at uh, him and you said, "You guys." Uh, uh, so took you at face value. The, the program has matured, and also, too, they've had, they've had coaches together. Jaron Hall's in his fourth year, but he's his first year starting, and, but he's been with Aaron Roderick for three years now, and he's been with Fessy Sataki and these guys. And I think all that stuff, I don't know if you can pinpoint A, B, or C, or D, or whatever. What comes after D? E, okay, was that quick enough for you? That was good. Uh, and say it was that reason. You know what I mean? If you weren't here earlier this morning, there was a little delay from H to I, but I rock think solid there. All these reasons. I agree. For the I, program I think a lot, yes. growing up it's easy, under Coach Shiitake. It's easy for us, for anyone, to spotlight one or two things, but there's usually a list. And in this case, I think it's the maturity of the program. Ed Lamb has been there the whole time. Guilford. Okay, uh, Tuiaki was a first-time coordinator. He's not a first-time coordinator anymore. We went down there. That's true, too. And Kalani has made a point of pulling, pointing that out on multiple occasions. The yes. contributions. This is his sixth year right. coordinating. The contributions he's making. Because BYU defense does something. Everybody says, well, Kalani did this. <laughs> and so he wants to make sure his guy gets some credit. Because these guys earn some credit. Well, they mind. take crap when things don't go their way. Oh, yeah. Well, well, what happens is when the defense is good, it's Kalani. And then when the defense is bad, it's Tuiaki. I think everything um, is factoring into it. And now that when they're replacing starters, they're not brand new. Utah had an unusual situation two years ago where they replaced so many brand new guys because all those guys went to the NFL. Here, 
guys, some of them went to the NFL, but they got experience in well, the they meantime. Blew out so many people, and they had injuries and COVID stuff along the way. So there was that thing about how many different guys got to start and got experience, even though they weren't starters. But I think experience. you'll see more of that even as we get past, hopefully, COVID. You'll see them getting on the field, maybe minimally, but most importantly, with the team in the in the uh, safety's room and all these things. So you're learning, and when it's your time, that you're ready to go. And I think that's what we're seeing. I think that's what enabled them to beat the Utes Saturday night. I really believe it's the maturity of the program that the, it's increased to a level. And Utah, it's a little bit the other way. See, that's the hazard of bringing in these grad transfers, especially a quarterback. And everything's brand new. And then, and then oh, he's learned the system. He's up to speed. Well, well, it's fourth and two, and he overthrows the guy by 20 feet. At the end of the game. They got problems all over the field. And we got this from Gary. Um, excuse me, from Eric. Eric says, horrible game on the part of Utah. So flat and unenergized. Didn't change anything. Didn't control the lines. Couldn't stop the run or the pass. What the hell, Scally? Step up! <laughs> uh, I hate to I, put I this on one... Strong. Uh, okay, at the but end. If you he don't, got, so be it. He got really wound up at the end. But I'm with him on the unenergized part. I thought the only time they were energized was when Micah Bernard had, Makai Bernard, I can, <laughs> Makai Bernard had multiple carries where he bounced off guys, where he delivered the punishment. He did, he did, he did great. On the touchdown drive that made it 23 17. Well, in the past, uh, uh, Keithy was nice. That was, yeah, it was. That was the one time when I felt like Utah had some energy. But they got off on the wrong foot with the the turnovers, although the defense, which later had major issues, was really good after the turnovers. To give up, to push them back and give up nothing, and then to only give up a field goal, I'm giving the defense an A on the first quarter. They they were good. After that, there was trouble. I would give them an F after the fourth and two stop. You just can't let them drive down the field and score like that. That was horrible. Most definitely, that was that the was two times they really needed changing. to stop. They didn't get it. Not even close. They got the touchdown and the field right. goal. But see, on, I, the, on the touchdown drive, they did get close because that's the drive where they went for it on fourth and eleven in no man's land. You know, too long a field goal, too close for the punt. They go for it, and Hall has a big run around the left side that is contained. He gets a first down. That was a huge play in the game. See, I think that's where COVID actually has affected Utah. How so? Because. They didn't play games, and they're less experienced. Yeah, they yeah. lost so many guys from 2019. Mm-hmm. So I didn't realize we're in 2021, but 2020 wasn't a real, legitimate they got, they season five games on not, our side of the country they in the got, Pac-12. The, the youth specifically yeah. have five games, not 12, or 13 with a bowl. I think that's a massive difference. Well, the commissioner brought that up. It sounds like an excuse coming out of the commissioner. It sounds a little better coming out of you. It still sounds a little bit like an excuse, but sometimes excuses are reasons. You know, sometimes it's legit. There are reasons you lose. Well, they're not where they're going to be. I agree with that. But I expected to see progress from game one to two and the stuff that went wrong. Uh, they didn't play a, an opponent. That's the downside of playing a crappy opponent at their level. And I don't want to disrespect Weber, but Weber's a big sky team. 
That's true, but we've seen those teams pull upsets all around the country, and Weber State is on the high end of the championship subdivision. And I get your point. It's not the same as it's opening up. Rare. It's not the same as opening up with the Big 12 or Big 10 team. It's not. I totally agree. But you should still get better. And there are other years where they've opened with a Big Sky team, and they have improved because they week were two. an experienced ball club. Here they're not. You got a lot of young dudes on defense. Yep. Lloyd isn't. Stud all the way. Yep. And vet, Sewell's right. played, played the year before. But there are still but guys who, bunch of young point, dudes. only have the five And then you bring in a new quarterback. What do you learn against Weber? Nothing. But the quarterback was hardly the only thing that went wrong in that game. Certainly wasn't. But I'm just saying, you I mean, got did everything. It you, you got, did it bug you when Solomon Ina stepped out of bounds? Because he's a veteran, and it's a sideline. Like That's not something you have to learn at the college level. I, I get if you're inexperienced on the offensive line. Nick Ford came on and said there was miscommunications. That, to your point, like you played five games, but they weren't even real games because you didn't deal with crowd noise. So if you're a younger offensive lineman. You have never been in a hostile stadium, and there's an adjustment that's got to be made to the blocking scheme, and you don't hear it. Sure, it bugs so, me he stepped out so of bounds, but do I expect Utah's receivers to be top of the line? No. Well, that's good, because they weren't top of the well, line. Well, they're not. And they're not going to be top of the line. I mean, the fact is, Brian Thompson was their best receiver. He transfers to ASU. He's not even starting. Yeah. In two games, you hardly get on the field. And he was your best guy. So why'd you leave, Brian? I don't know. I haven't asked him. I don't know that anybody's asked him, but and and Nakua, we know why Nakua left. They've answered it that question a hundred times over. Uh, so I don't. The point is, I don't expect a whole lot. I don't expect their receivers to be game breakers. And and ja, and uh, Jalen Dixon, man, he could take the top off the defense. When <laughs> <laughs> one catch for eight yards. Yeah. When. I mean, we talk a good game about them, but where's the production? It's not happening. <laughs> but and see, I think that I think it's not. And you think I'm cracking on Charlie B? And that, you can think whatever you want. I don't care. Uh, it's all about what relationship do you have with these guys? You just barely got there, and we're expecting it to click right off the bat. No, that's unrealistic. Why would I don't understand why we'd expect him I, some of it, to pick up where he left off? Okay, and so he no. doesn't. So he doesn't have to come out and be thirty-five or forty-five for four hundred yards because you're right, that's unrealistic. But they didn't throw for two hundred yards in the game, and they had multiple drops again. This is who they are. Why would you be surprised on that? Who's the fool? At some point, <laughs> I think they're going to catch the ball. That's different, right? Charlie Brown, the ball gets pulled away. Here, the ball is literally right there. Grab it. You caught it in high school. That's why you're playing in college. I think. Maybe I need to see more high school tape. Maybe there's more drops in high school. But see, I think that my point I'm making is not that they suck and they got no chance. Don't. And I realize it's me and I speak harshly, so people take that. The point I'm trying to make is that this is a work in progress here. And I suspect a month from now, they'll be a lot better than they were on Saturday night. I think a month from now, we'll think different things than we think now. Two games in, I already think different things. I mean, we're looking at USC as a game of the year, and can they both be undefeated? BYU's got to beat BYU, and USC's got to beat Stanford, and neither one of them got it done, so it won't be a battle of the unbeatens. Now they're lined up for one-loss teams, and they've both got to handle Washington State. 
We could have a two-loss team on our hands here in this matchup. But right now, as you look at the Pac-12 schedule, and you look at the way BYU ran the ball on Utah, and you look at how UCLA and Oregon ran the ball, UCLA two weeks ago against LSU and Oregon against mm-hmm. Ohio State, you think, oh, there, there's some tests. Oh, and, ma- and, tests maybe, yeah. and maybe they'll pass them. I mean, that's, that's a long way away. I think they'll have the Bruins you just mentioned, uh, the Trojans, the Devils, and the Ducks. I think those four games will right decide now, everything. the level of success of their season. Right. And I seriously doubt that they'll go 0-4. They probably won't go 4-0. I seriously doubt they'll go 4-0, just like I, I, seriously I don't seriously doubt they'll go doubt 4 it. I don't seriously doubt it. But if you do, so be it. I don't seriously doubt that they... I can't... I, can't. I think they got a better chance of going 0 the go 4-0... Okay, that's a different that's a different question. But if they go four and zero in those games, they're probably winning the other games, and nobody goes undefeated in the Pac-12. You've said that a million times. It's true. I know, and then they trip up against Colorado or something. Or <laughs> but Arizona, I figure Arizona, who knows? I figure they're absolutely the Pac-12. Lose one of those so there's games. always two or right. three shockers every year. I've been saying it for the whole time. I, I won't be surprised. If no, they I don't go think two. I don't. I don't think they go three a four and zero either. But I'd be less surprised at four and zero versus zero and four is what I'm trying to say. Uh, you know, the, right now, uh, right now, yeah. today, the Oregon game here in November looks very, very difficult. And maybe Oregon, maybe Oregon just needed a game. I mean, we expect these teams to hit the ground running. Yes. Just for, man, you want to be at the top of your game. Yeah, we watch Alabama do it. And we want everybody else to they, do it. They I got know. 19 guys who are going to be on the NFL next that's, year off of this year's team. It's a true story. They probably got 45 guys, guys on in their, their roster. program. Yeah. But, you know, they can't be eligible for a couple more years. So you know, they're a cut above, obviously, if not 10 cuts above. So I'm still expecting Utah is going to have a fine season. I could be wrong. I think at worst, 8-4. and four. At worst. Because I, I think that they're – I don't think they're going to go on four against those four teams that I just defined. And they should beat everybody else. The Arizonas. Who looked well, terrible. Arizona, Colorado. Who else we got? Yeah. Uh, I talked Washington about the State. Utes not improving week to week. Arizona went backwards. There's no question. Arizona went backwards. And now in a big Fish way. is saying he has no idea who's going to be the quarterback. I looked at it this morning to see what they got going because they went with they went more I mean, I, plumber. And I get quarterbacks the the glory job, and you need a good quarterback and all that. But their defense, it was right. Their defense looked like it was starting to pass the eyeball test against BYU. Like, okay, these guys are tackling. They look like they're not great. Okay. They didn't so, give up 30 so, points. So what do you got here? You got a one just, decent effort and one bad effort. Yeah. So we're going to draw season-long conclusions? Go go figure out Stanford and SC. Yeah, right. At least Utah's loss was far more understandable than SC's loss, yeah. I believe. I, I only saw a little bit of that game, but the little bit I saw, SC looked really bad. And admittedly, I didn't see the whole game. And this is why that Pac-12 and 60 thing you and I like is, is to catch up on that. But they played late at night. They, first, they joined the game late because of a baseball game. That's a really bad look for the league. So we missed the start of the game. Stanford had already scored. USC had already answered. Stanford had scored again. I mean, we missed a big chunk of it. And then I went and did talking sports and missed another half hour. Plus, I was trying to watch well, the U game. Do talking sports. I mean, you know, I the, we understand. I do. You got to go do talking sports. So what are we supposed to do? We're gonna hold it against you because you got to do talking sports. All right, I'm gonna go to break right now. But, but I got to watch bored. SC. Yuck has got all this fancy finagle technology. What'd you have an iPad? What was that thing? What were we watching, Don? 
had an iPad, yeah. Yeah, so he had it right there. Way to go, Yock. You're the man. Yeah, so we had this game. We had that game. We had another game over there. Then we had choice conversation. I mean, it was. What games fun. were you watching, Yock? Because he's told just going to go on. We had, we had SC Stanford. It, that was the only one? We only had that one. Okay. On. Well, at that point, it was the only one worth watching. Yeah. There was really no other. No, it was worth watching San Diego State lap the field with Arizona. That was awesome. Yeah. That was tremendous. Uh, the game was over early. I mean, we were looking for competitive games. And oh, so that. we had we had that game on, uh, and then we're we were watching the game in front of us, and away we freaking went. Coming up next, Blake Anderson, Utah State football coach. How comfortable is he with falling behind by double digits every game? Pretty comfortable as long as they keep coming back and winning every game. They did it again two weeks in a row. We'll talk with him about that next. Stay with us. It's game week for the Aggies, and the Zone Sports Network is getting you ready for kickoff. Huh! Huh! The Aggies open Mountain West Conference play with a trip to the Air Force Academy for a showdown against the Falcons. Hear all the pregame action beginning with the Aggie pregame show this Saturday at 4.30 on the Zone Sports Network. From Monday morning to all the play-by-play action, nobody brings you better coverage of Aggie football than 97.5, 1280 The Zone and the Zone Sports Network. DJ and PK, it's time to talk Aggie football with the head coach, Blake Anderson. He joins us on the Smart Rain guest line. It's no secret that Utah is in an extreme drought. That's why Smart Rain is a solution for any commercial property concerned about water consumption while managing irrigation. Find out more at smartrain.net. Coach, good morning. Good morning. So start fast. No, excuse me. Start slow, finish fast. That's the motto. Get down by double digits, then turn it on and win the game. Is that going to be the Aggie way, or are you going to be trying to break guys of that this week? I sure hope so. I sure hope we can break that uh, trend. That one's stressful for uh, for me and, and, and most people around the program. But it is nice to know that, that we can and that we don't panic and, and that guys just keep kind of continuing to to play and, and, and trust the process and that we're in good enough shape to get it done when we need to late. So, uh, But I would I would love to lead in a game. I think that'd be great. <laughs> as long as you got it at the end, I guess that's all that matters. Yeah, as long as you finish with the W, we'll take. I'll take ten more in a row, just like that. So the scoreboard obviously speaks to the level of defense in the second half, only giving up three, but you gave gave up twenty one in the first quarter, as we saw. As I ask you to analyze your defense, I'm not a uh, defensive uh, expert by any stretch. But like particularly on that uh, touchdown pass that uh, North Dakota got to the tight end, that little slant, I thought the coverage was at least halfway decent, if not really good. How do you evaluate your defensive performance in the first half? First quarter, we played about as bad as we could play, and, and it, it really we had calls made that should have put us in good position to uh, to be there to make some plays. Should have had a pick on the second play of the game. Two other explosives that they had were just really, really poor eye discipline. We were in man coverage on the one you're talking about, and and the DB peaked in the backfield and just gave up a step or two, and, and it was there close, but should have been you know on that from the beginning and just got himself out of position. Uh, they they ran every trick play in the book in the first half, and and we just didn't defend any of them very well. I thought they had a really good plan and executed it really well, but we we calmed down really just simplified, played the same defensive calls uh, as we had been calling. and Guys did what they're supposed to, and we gave up three points the rest of the game. So that was encouraging. But man, we 
we tried our, our best to give it away and how we executed early. So is there something about these guys and kind of, I don't know, for lack of a better expression, playing their way into the game? Because three touchdowns on three drives and then three points on nine drives, I mean, it's, it's startling. Yeah, it is. You don't normally see that kind of turnaround. Uh, physically, we felt like that, yeah, obviously, the matchups were in our favor in most areas, although you got to give them credit. I think it's a really good football team, and it would not surprise me at all if those guys make it into the playoffs and, and deep in the playoffs again this year. They're very well coached. They are physical, and they know what they can and cannot do, and I think they play within that really well. But we, we, did, we gave them a lot of help. We, we really played very undisciplined, uh, got caught up on all the eye candy and, and shifts and motions that they gave us early, and, and we just looked like, like we didn't know what we are doing. And when we calmed down and, and just simplified what we're doing and guys did what they're asked to, you saw the result. we very capable of, of setting those guys down and should have, I, I think, from the first snap on. Frustrated with how we started, but pleased with how we finished. And Hopefully that's something we can build off of moving forward because this week with the triple option, you, you've got to be exactly where you're supposed to be and take care of the exact assignment that is asked, or you know as well as I, I mean, they're going to have dudes running clean everywhere. Oh, for sure. You know, we've been following uh, Air Force here. Both DJ and I have been in this market a long, long time. And uh, first it was BYU-Utah playing Air Force every every year, and now it's uh, Utah State. So we've been following what Air Force has done, been in the academy many, many times. What's your experience on defending this type of offense you know, we played uh, played Georgia Tech at, at North Carolina. We played Georgia Southern in the past seven years in, in the triple. Uh, even played, you know, Coach DeBerry and his crew when I was at New Mexico with Rocky Long. And I thought Rocky did as good a job defending the triple option as anybody uh, over the course of that time. And so we'll, you know, you, you've got to pick what you want to do, how you want to defend it. And then it, it truly comes down to assignment football. If you've got the dive, you got to take the dive. You can't get caught up looking somewhere else, which is what we did in the first quarter. We, we had guys' eyes in the wrong place. They weren't being disciplined, and it showed. And for the next three quarters, they did what they were supposed to do, and it showed there as well. We, we need to learn from this week and go in and, and be very, very technically and assignment sound. I think athletically we can run with them. I think we're physical enough to, to match up okay, but you've got to be – exactly where you're asked to be every play or they're going to expose you and they've done that in the past in big ways so um it'll, it'll be a huge test because you it's hard to get ready for this system in a week when you've been seeing spread football and pro style football every week pretty much all year uh, in and out and that we going against ourselves every week in practice this is so unique part of the problem is just being able to simulate it during the week in practice so it looks even close there were a lot of big plays in this game. How much should we expect that out of your team? How much is it that you were playing a uh, uh, an FCS team and there's going to there there should be a difference athletically there because there were a lot of big plays offensively. Well, I think the way we the way we line down and what we do offensively puts you in a, in a, in a bind. It tries to create opportunities uh, either in a run game, throw game doesn't matter. But it's, it's about the philosophy of what we do, the speed, the tempo, the spread system, how, how we spread the field, uh, you know, drastically spread the field, the way we spread the ball around. Yes, I felt like we were faster than this crew, but I will tell you, they physically can match up with a lot of teams at this level in our league. They are very physical. 
they are very well built and they've done a good job of of developing strength and, and size in the offseason. So uh, there were some matchups speed-wise in our favor, but there, it's a lot less of a of a difference than you might think. They are they are very well built and. and I told John, I, I don't need to see another team from Dakota. I don't care which Dakota <laughs> it is, what direction it is. I don't really need to see those guys on the schedule because they are, they're, they're very well coached and can play. But I would like to think that we have the ability to be explosive on a weekly basis in this offense. We've got, we're getting better and better with it each day that we play in it. The guys are starting to understand it helps having a quarterback that understands it as well and played in the system. But guys like DT and, and Brandon Bowling and, uh, Derek Wright's playing great. McGriff, you're going to see Kyle Van uh, Lewin as well. I mean, those guys fit what we do, and, and so it does create space and allow for some big plays. So I was going to ask you about the quarterback Bonner, and he's a, a transfer coming in, but it's sort of unusual in that you know, like Utah's got a transfer, he's at someplace else, and he comes in and joins a, a different team. Whereas Bonner's coming in, and even though it's a different team. There's a lot of the same coaches in the system, as you said. How much do you think that is making the transition smooth? Because he's got, if he doesn't have the initial experience with the guys on the team, he has it with the staff. Yeah, I think the familiarity with with me and Coach Cephalo and Coach Premsky and a handful of the guys that came is huge. I mean, he's been with me for six years now. Recruited him from you know from his house and 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 been around his family and been through a lot. I mean, he's been through a couple big injuries, and so we battled through adversity together. He was right there the whole time my wife was ill, and he was extremely close with her. And so there's a lot a lot of, uh, you know, family vibes there with, with us. And, and I think the great thing about our roster is the fact that the guys that were already here have done an amazing job of, of bringing in the new uh, transfer players and, and really accepting them. And I was talking the other day, if you looked in our locker room and you looked at us and we're sitting down eating a meal together when guys are hanging out, it, it, you would not know who was here before and who just came. They have, they have completely uh, really become family. They, they all uh, enjoy spending time together, and, and you, you would be surprised at who sits down with who, who spends time with who, uh, because you're right. It, when you do bring in transfers, you don't, you don't ever really know exactly how it's going to connect, and I think all that is helping us have some early success because the the previous players that were here have done such an amazing job of accepting us and accepting the new players that came in. We talked last week, it seemed obvious that uh, Tompkins was going to be the go-to guy, and he was again, but you were talking about having other people emerge, playmakers, you know, who's the guy who can make plays when the defense is just absolutely determined to take Tompkins away. Is bowling that guy? Six carry or six catches, 118 yards, and a score. Do uh, you see other guys also emerging? What do you think? Yeah, no, I think I think we have a lot of guys, a lot of weapons that are starting. So Brandon had a big game, and and he did exactly what we needed him to do. Derek Wright had a big game, like he did last week. I think eight or so catches uh, a week ago against Washington State had had uh, five, six catches and a big touchdown again. This one that really just kind of put the game out of reach. Um, I, I think McGriff. It's getting better every day. Scarver is going to start getting more and more opportunities. He's been a little dinged up, and people obviously don't want to kick to him, but he's going to start getting the ball more and more on offense. And, and I think there's some younger guys that, that, are, that we've seen in practice that have a chance. And uh, We've always tried to make sure that we, we utilize every weapon, every, every inch of grass, every weapon, so that you can't dial in to, to one or two guys. 
yeah, obviously, DT is phenomenal in space, and when he does get it, he's going to be electric, and people are going to have to know where he's at, but it creates opportunities for other folks, and, and you saw Brandon, Derek Wright, Griff all have some big catches and some big plays that we desperately needed to uh, to get back in, in the lead. Late in the game, and it was already decided, but nevertheless, Peasley's burst of speed on that play was, wow, man, he looked like he was 10 times faster than everybody else as he just ran it up the gut there and got in the open so quick in a blink of an eye. Uh, what are your plans for him going forward? We're going to keep him involved and, and, and have opportunities to get him on the field. He's too good of a player, too good of a kid, and an amazing uh, leader. His work ethic, I mean, we're, we're going to keep him involved. So defenses are going to have to have to have an answer for him when he shows up on the field. Might, uh, you know, not exactly sure what that's going to look like, but, you know, we put him out there the first series. They did a poor job of letting him know he's going to be going, so he hadn't really gotten loose yet. And felt like we, we kind of threw him in a bad position, but he, he handled it like a pro. And as soon as he pulled the ball on the last drive, as soon as he pulled the ball, I put my finger in there. I was like, he's gone. That, the guy's got amazing wheels. He's too big of a weapon not for, for us not to use him. He and Logan do a great job working together. The first guy there to congratulate him after he scored was Bonner, right there to hug his neck. I mean, so we're 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 fortunate to have two really really solid quarterbacks that can both win at this level. And Andrew Peasley is definitely going to be a part of what we do and a reason that we're able to win two games. Blake Anderson, Utah State coach, joining us. So you're two and zero. Air Force is 2-0, and we always talk about the Air Force offense, but what do you know about Air Force's defense? In Lafayette, they did what they were supposed to do, and the Navy fired their offensive coordinator. That's five straight games that they've scored seven points or less. So how good of a read do you have on the Air Force defense right now? Not a, not a great one. You know, just history of, of kind of watching them. Uh, like to think that they're gonna, we can make them uncomfortable in space. They're built physical. They'll hit you in the mouth up front. I mean, it's going to be a challenge to move them up front. But I think if there is a matchup that fits us, it's out in space. It's just not what they see every day, obviously. And it's it's um, it's going to be so different than what they, they saw this week that hopefully that plays in our favor. we got to get the first first down. we got to make, you know, we got to get some drives going. Definitely don't want to be punting the ball back to them and letting them milk the clock, which is something they're phenomenal at. Uh, so it, it is a different look. Uh, but uh, but it's also something I think that fits us if we can execute well and, and uh, utilize the perimeter, utilize utilize our speed and, and quickness in space. Then then hopefully we can have some success offense offensively, score some points. We need to we need to score touchdowns. Though. We don't need to be settling for field goals. These guys are really really good at eating up the clock and, and extending drives and go forward on fourth and one and two, and just keeping you over on the sideline. So every every series is is really critical that you get points. You talked to the team about being a little bit more ready to go since it's a conference game. Conference games always mean a little bit more, and plus you're getting a premier opponent, really. And I know you don't want to look ahead till next week, but you're getting them both right out of the start. Yeah, you know, just for us, just growing. Uh, you know, I felt like we we uh, made less mistakes offensively. We, we made more defensively, especially early, but rallied. Uh, being ready to go is important. We, we don't want to put ourselves in a position where we're – Battling the clock with a with a you know with a deficit in this environment against a very seasoned, very well coached, uh, very experienced Air Force team. You know, conference play that's, that's what you do it for. You know, we want to find a way to compete at at this level in, in this league. And you know, you you got to win games. You got to you got to take every opportunity you get. This is going to be a huge challenge for us. Going there, playing at their place doesn't make it any easier. So we'll see if our guys can just take the next step. 
Well, Coach, congratulations on the win. We'll look forward to the Air Force game uh, Saturday. This should be interesting. Thanks for coming on again. Appreciate it, guys. Blake Anderson, Utah State football coach, joining us here on 97.5 at 1280 The Zone. He's here every week at 930. Your feedback coming up next. And it's all over almost here. Don't go nowhere. Just a thought. The last time Utah beat BYU was 745 days ago. You know, that's a little over two years, so just saying. The streak is over, I'm glad. The streak is over, you are glad. The streak is over, the country is glad. And only the Utes are sad. BYU won because PK pumped us up last Friday. Go PK, go Cougar! Everything's right in the world. Man, I ran out of gas. (laughs) I know that feeling. There's the feedback off the open mics. Use our app. Use the open mic feature. Send us your takes. Uh, Building off that, it's been 745 days. Greg on our Facebook page says, Utah has not beaten BYU now for 745 days. And the next time they play, that streak will already be at 1,836 days. Oh, 1,800 and whatever days, and we're only at, like, two? (laughs) (laughs) Well, basically, the rivalry game has turned into the World Cup or the Olympics. I mean, they're playing once in four years here. They didn't play last year. They're not playing the next two. Last year was an unusual situation. It was. And then they'll they'll get it started again, although, as Tom Homo noted Friday, uh, then they'll stop it again, <laughs> take another pause, and then they'll play again. It's going to be an intermittent thing going forward. He was in no rush to say, hey, I really want to play him. He doesn't know what the Big 12 schedule is going to look like. Well, plus you got your pride. They don't want to play you. So right. you're now, now 100% you, you don't agree. need them yeah. any more than they need you, right. whereas before you needed I brought them. that up with you last week. Well, now BYU can pass on Utah. Well, it was a hell of a point by you. BYU. Good job by you. Thank you, and thanks for mocking me. <laughs> I'm mocking you. You are too. <laughs> I'm just own it. I'm, I'm own balancing it. it out. You're giving yourself all this credit. I'm bringing you back down. Yeah, that's, that's all good. I'm doing. Good. Now we're even. This is, this is going to be played intermittently. It ought to be Iowa, Iowa State playing it every year. Do they but play every year? They do. Well, they got Florida. How can you play BYU? You got Florida. Florida. <laughs> Florida. <laughs> Before it was Michigan. Florida. <laughs> Michigan. Seems like an easy moneymaker to me. We kind of blew past Michigan blowing out Washington. Yikes. Hey, I know my stuff, man. I said Washington was going to be the team to beat this year. (laughs) (laughs) Nailed it. Everybody's beating them. They are the team to beat. Oh, nice. Good call. Yeah. Come on, PK. You can spin that. Uh, Well, I spin it. I don't know what the hell I'm talking about there. That's the only spin I got. I missed on that boat big time. Oh, and two. And counting. Yeah. Who's up next for Washington? Chris Peterson. Come on down. Right. Get, get him off the Fox set and get him back on the sideline. Chris? He's still working up there. I think he's, he's an uh, advisor or assistant to the president or something like that. Yeah, I think he role. might be and have a faculty role, too. They got Arkansas State at home. ASU. 16 and a half point favorites to get win number one. Oh, yeah. They better get it. Jeez. Get it and get going. Yep. 
All right, DJ and PK, it's 97.5 at 1280 The Zone. We are all done for the day, but we will be back with more football tomorrow. Remember, the Raiders. Tonight, 6.15, playing the Ravens. You can hear the game right here on The Zone, Monday Night Football. Scotty and Hans are coming up next. Stay with us.